Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the some damsels in the DM. Who? Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Osh. I'm Lauren. And we have Shalini Bathina, an actress and my cousin, talking to us today. Hi, Shal. Hi. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Good. This is the first time that we have a family member on the show. Wow, you're right. I'm I'm proud of us. I'm proud of me. Yeah, I'm proud of you. We have very cool, established family members. This is dope. I know, I remember Osh was like, yeah, I just don't know who to ask to be on the podcast. And I was like, don't you have like a famous cousin? I was like, oh yeah, I do. <laughs> you would have been so great to come on way earlier, but I'm so glad that you're on here now. I'm and it's been a struggle to, to schedule you because you are so busy. <laughs> you just got done rapping. I know we're not allowed to talk about it, but- We can talk about it. We can talk about it? Okay, yeah. how about you tell well, let's just backtrack. How about you okay, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and maybe this project that you just wrapped up? Great. I'm Shalini Bathina. I'm an actress and dancer, performer, blah, 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 in Los Angeles. multi hypnotized people like, oh, <laughs> dang it. But, you know, kind of do what you got to do. But I started acting when I was really young. I was in eighth grade and then went through high school, pretty much doing theater. And then I got into USC for theater. Fight so on. I wore my hat for you today. On, right? Oh my God, I just put that. I hate that. I know, I really hate it too, but also. <laughs> I don't hate it. I'm all right. <laughs> what no. year did you graduate? 2013. Okay. Yeah. I'm 2017. Ah, but yes, I, I, I went to school for theater. And right after that, I just continued acting and, you know, did the whole training and agents business and auditioned a ton and was working on my own stuff and you know working part-time everywhere and then finally the last few years I've booked a couple series regulars so things have you know hit the ground running yeah so 20 28 19 I did a show called Little Voice on Apple TV and then pandemic happened so it got canceled and so then but then I so I went back into auditioning and went like right into the grind again and I booked another series regular on a show called Long Slow Exhale it's on it's going to be on Spectrum Originals potentially Paramount Plus and for sure um, a second release on BET so I just wrapped that and it's about a, a like a, an all-girls basketball team and a college basketball team and a sexual assault scandal erupts and how the administration and the players and the coaches deal with the aftermath and also more drama that happens that I don't need to explain it. You can just watch it. 
<laughs> when it comes out and potentially I think April is when it's going to come out so yes and please let us know when it does because yes. then we will um we'll let our listeners know as well and then just that would be awesome. thanks yeah I'll, I will definitely be posting about it so I'll let you know but yeah that's an update for now of what's happening and then I actually just wrapped a short film that I produced and acted in wow. like on Sunday so that was really great yeah and so I'm trying to get into that part of the world now yeah and did you notice like a shift in your career when you started to book series regulars like did you notice a shift in yourself or in your career or what do you think was really the the go point I did the ABC showcase I got into the ABC showcase a year uh, like six months before I booked Little Voice that was I think the shift in my career where it was like okay like you know, tens of thousands of people apply and then 12 people get selected to perform and in front of agents and managers and executives and you kind of get an in in the ABC world. So that was like a big turning point in my, particularly my confidence and my drive and my like, you know, ability to know that I can do this in some way. So I was, I was definitely doubtful for a while, especially 2018. It was a little bit of like a question mark. And then that kind of turning, had a turning point in just my confidence and my ability. So after that, I booked Little Voice and then definitely through that, my perspective of my worth and my time and my value changed. But it was also, it's it's funny because you're like in a bigger pool with like, you know, you feel like a small fish in some way, but then now it's like an even bigger pool and you feel like an even smaller fish in some way. <laughs> so it was, a, it, it was very humbling, I think, to be in that space and know that you've worked really hard for sure and you deserve to be there but at the same time just you know constantly reevaluating how can I be better how can I do better what it, what are they looking for and what am I looking for in this industry so that kind of changed my perspective on you know every 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 like era has its own fallbacks and you know pluses so I think that was a, a really great learning experience. Just that first series regular was a big turning point in how I viewed this industry in my career. Yeah. You are very modest about your career. And, you know, like as most of us are not even in this industry, we just doubt ourselves and we're so hard on ourselves, but Shaw, you are very talented and She's done a couple guest star roles as well and like really amazing shows like Grey's Anatomy and also Raven's Home. And I don't know about you, Lauren, but I was a huge That's So Raven fan. Oh, yeah. I was a big yeah. Disney fan. Absolutely. And so when this came out, I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now, I think that's when Shawnee became my family and like her <laughs> husband is my, her husband now to me. Yeah. <laughs> Shalini also is part of an organization called Build to Bill, and it's a mental health organization and a platform for South Asian. I think it's it's South Asian, right? South Asians. For Bill South Asians. Do you want to tell us a little about that and how you yeah. got into that? Because obviously I always love talking about mental health, so we can take a little break yeah. segueing to mm-hmm. that as well. I mostly just want to talk about that now than anything else, but yeah, uh, I, a Build to Bill came, I think it was right around after, during Little Voice, I was going through a lot again like that big turning point and like feeling like you booked the big thing but then it was just this really scary thing to dive into that I wasn't necessarily prepared for you know you 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 always go through this like acting journey going I need to book the guest or I need to book the co-star I need to like I just need work I just need work I just need work like I need to pay my bills and I'm trying to just 
be the actress, not really book the job. And then when you book the job, you're like, no one really teaches you how to book the job after that. Like, how do you move through the motions? How do you like, suddenly you're on a big set with like 150 people and there's a lot more pressure and money involved. And so there's this, you suddenly feel like a little bit of a weight of the world on your shoulders, just slightly. And this is also, also like, I was not the main character or anything, but still, even considering that I wasn't like the lead, I still felt that pressure knowing that, okay, it's going to be blasted the entire world and people might actually watch. I didn't know at that time how big it was going to be. So, you know, you expect it to be big or you don't expect it to be anything. But again, that unknown, I didn't really deal with it well. So I was going through, I have been going through my own mental health struggles for quite a while, but um, that particular year, it kind of came crashing down and just the idea of publicity and interviews, even like this makes me nervous in some weird way, just like talking about myself and feeling like I have something to say and, you know, doubting myself that I do have something to say in some ways. So at that time, I wasn't really prepared and no one really like preps you for it. So then I went into a really dark place of just like putting way too much pressure on myself. And I started therapy. And through that, I was like, you know, I want to be involved a little bit more in the mental health space. And I've always been thinking about it for a few years of like, potentially going to school for it eventually in my future. But I was like, I think the beginning stages of that is to try to find an organization or try to find a community that kind of is thinking about the same thing as me. And Delta Del popped up because one of my friend is a lawyer. She's a lawyer. So she handles the legal part of the organization. So she's been posting about it. And at that point, and I immediately hopped on and I was like, are they doing like interviews for volunteers? And so they have a whole interview system and you know, they really take their time to like find the right people. So it was really great. I interviewed and got in as what they call a support lead, which is basically the platform built to bill is a storytelling platform for South Asians to talk about their mental health struggles or their journey or whatever it is. And you do that through posts, like actual story posts or Instagram live. Someone will take over the entire page of built to bills, Instagram. So it's like, for example, if I wanted to you know, take over for three days, I would take over their Instagram post about my journey, do a story, do a live, whatever it is, and people can come in and watch, like generally, you connect with the actual audience. So their whole platform is trying to connect with the broader audience, with individual people who are genuinely going through things and, you know, going through the therapy world. So that was uh, my, my volunteer was my, my part in this, my role in this was behind the scenes I would be messaging the person who's taking doing a takeover because it's quite a vulnerable experience to share your story yeah just making sure that they're doing okay and watching their story like if there's any questions they can ask us and there's some weird comments we like flag it and immediately delete you know like we're just doing damage control but then also at the same time making sure that we're just there for this person to like to feel like they're supported not just by a giant organization but like individual humans so that's kind of my role in that. And um, they're a fantastic organization. The minute I met these people, I was like, these are genuine, very deep thinkers who just really, really care about the people around them, regardless of where you come from or what your struggles are. And it, it's just amazing. It's a really great community. Sounds so awesome, especially because I feel like we really do benefit when we see people who are in places that we want to be or or yeah. people that we respect or admire who are going through similar struggles to yeah. what we are. Because I was going to say, you have such a phenomenal story of persistence, you know, like the moment you went through in 2018 to making it into the showcase and then little voices because of the pandemic doesn't end up going anywhere. Yeah. And I imagine that that 
also would be really hard. Like it's so hard to get a series regular role, but then having that taken away with the pandemic, like, and then to be able to book another one, I feel like is something that really can inspire people to continue to be persistent. Thank you. I appreciate that. It, yeah, I, yeah, (laughs) I don't put it ever in that perspective for myself, of course, but it was, it was, it was hard. Um, I'm in therapy for the last two years. So it's, that's been, I think like a saving grace for my, in my life. And I have a, obviously a really great partner and I have a good support system. I genuinely do. My parents are amazing. Like if things just fall apart, I can always just go back to them. Like there's, there, I have people around me and like, you know, Ankit's family too, like they're been my, you know, number twos essentially other than my family since I've number been two. number two, one, <laughs> you know, one, yeah, one and a half, one and a half, um, but I've been with this guy for so long. So like, they've literally, they've become family. Now. I've known some of these kids since they were like, one of them is 21 right now. And I think I, I've known her since she was eight. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Or nine. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, they've become truly my family, but yeah, I think uh, it was very difficult and I do have a really great support system. So I, why I'm doing okay. Speaking of your support system and my wonderful cousin, um, (laughs) how has your relationship been since, you know, he is not in the acting industry, he's in finance and um, has nothing to do with the industry in his own career. How has it been trying to balance work and balance your marriage and just having someone who isn't in the industry? Yeah. I want to be clear, you guys met at USC. Fight on. Just had to. (laughs) (laughs) I met my boyfriend at USC too. Oh, see, this is great. I just, I think that's a big like advice. Just find him in college. I'm sorry. (laughs) I never did. Okay. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. sorry. No, I tell my friends, our intern, um, Lizzie, well, because she's at USC right now. Like, find somebody. Maybe there'll be a project. That's okay. find somebody with potential and then you keep it (laughs) that's exactly that's the strategy yes they all suck in college like all of them even the good ones like they all suck but it's just about like perseverance yeah perseverance we love a work in progress we do trust the process we really do (laughs) but yes I did meet him in college which was really helpful to be honest like I think I don't know anything else on t- to be honest right like beyond that because I in my 20s I didn't do the dating thing in my 20s I was with this dude so it's it's it is like this is what I know and this is what I know how to do and I can I'm quite good at this now considering like I don't know a lot of people who are in like 11 year relationships you know like it's it's a long freaking time where right? we 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 literally grew up together and you know, we've had different eras every three years. So we've been four different people in this relationship. Right now we're turning into a new thing right now, which is really interesting to see. Like we're starting to become new people. I really like this stage right now it's going in. It's not there yet, but it's going, it's going. But uh, yeah, we, he's not in the industry. I generally don't know how he was like, just so open to dating me. Who's like considering like, you know, where like, he grew up in a quite a pretty traditional family, right? But a very open family. I think that's a big part of who you guys are too, because I didn't expect that. I genuinely was like, no Indian's gonna want to date me. I'm a freaking actress. That's absolutely not gonna happen. So I like sometimes I'm like, oh my god, I can't leave him because no one's ever gonna fuck me <laughs> if I want to date an Indian. But that's if 
but no so he was very open from the beginning he was just like thought it was very cool very interesting and I was like taking Shakespeare classes in college and then doing crew at a show and then he'd just be like this is so different from my life because he was a chemical engineer so he was miserable (laughs) so I think for him it was just like a breath of fresh air so with that it was just more of like we were very individual for about four or five years like we just did our own thing and even when we started dating which was a year after we were friends he was like my best friend so once we started dating like you know we didn't say I love you to each other for like a year like we didn't live together for another four years. Like it was, we took our sweet time to just individually grow as people. So because of that, I think he's just accepted who I was and what I wanted to do in my future. And I accepted what he wanted to do. And we just were very supportive in each other's career. And I think that was a thing. We kept our careers separate. We just were like, this is my thing. Like you won't have a say in any of this. And I won't have a say in any of yours because this is something that I want that's solely mine. And eventually when we come together, we have to be supportive. We have to be equals in this and we have to support each other. And I think from the get-go, from like that first year, we were on that same page. Honestly, I don't think I could date an artist or an actor or generally an artist. I think it's it's a little too volatile. <laughs> be a little too emotional, a little too crazy. <laughs> and there's going to be that weird competitive drive, I think. Um, personally, for me, I don't think I would have wanted to. I've always been more attracted to people at least in for like a long-term thing someone who's not in the industry I think my life is a little bit very unstable so I think I probably naturally would want someone a little bit more stable to compliment me and yeah now we're we're doing his own he's also like considering career changes and stuff but it's just this blind support of like you know what you want in your life and I know what I want in my life and we got to be able to work with that that's so important. And also, I completely agree on the, I mean, you know, there are actors who, or people in the same industry who date people in the same industry, but mm-hmm. I think it's really important to have your own thing. And that's like the key to a great long lasting relationship in most cases, because I find even in our friendships, like having a lot of actor friends, like I feel like what ends up happening is that you only talk about acting and there's nothing yeah. outside of acting that, you know, that you talk about. And I, I can't do that. I need something. Yeah. I I need acting to be just this little thing and then my life around it to be the main part of my life. So that's, that's really real that what you said, because yeah, it's, you need to have your own things. Yeah. I I think that's because it also just makes your life a little bit more rich just to see someone Mm -hmm. else's perspective Mm -hmm. for him. He has a completely different perspective on work, life balance, like creativity, everything, the way he views things is completely different from what I do. And we just kind of like learn from each other. He's become a lot more flexible and I've become a lot more structured in like in our own ways. And it's, I think it balances and complements really well. Yeah. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but for me, it was so useful dating somebody not in the industry because of all of the advice that he gave me from not being in the industry. Like I was not good at marketing myself, but because my boyfriend was in sales, he made me so much better at marketing myself and also like in networking and building my network, reaching out to other like USC alumni, even on LinkedIn, like that sort of thing. But what I want to know is, does he ever help you with your self tapes? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah and yeah. Uh, because uh I especially during the pandemic, oh my god, yes. Like it was it was just easier to have a human in the room than do it over a Zoom. 
And I was, re- I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, I don't have too many like close actor guy friends, guy, like specifically guy friends. Cause I just don't feel cuckoo. And I'm just like, I, I'm very like picky with dudes in general and who I <laughs> enter in my life. And I just don't have any that like I really trust and I feel like that's like a good chemistry. I had one friend and he quit acting in last two Aww. years ago. So it's like, no, come back. He was like my lucky charm. Every time, everything I like self-tape with him, I booked. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it was quite, it's like my Raven, my like little voice, everything was like, it was, it was, uh, it was a good partner and we had good chemistry. And so I was sad quick because he was my like go-to self-day partner and he was always there so I was like in terms of when I want to have a guy role I, I I'd like to have a guy especially if it's a romantic thing it's actually really fun to do with him because it's we already have that like chemistry and the, the bond and he's getting better but he sucks sometimes <laughs> my boyfriend is so bad I wanted to know like do you Terrible. think in your it doesn't make a difference to have your reader be horrible I I think it I doesn't it doesn't it, it, it maybe <laughs> it could but I think I work with him I'll work with what he gives me he's pretty bad um yeah, but I, sometimes he can be pretty good if it's like the right part but if something he's he's just very loud so he just starts like almost screaming <laughs> you're on iMovie turning the volume down on his part <laughs> <laughs> I was like honey you're next to the phone so you need to be so that way it's irritating but we did like a I did what we do in the shadows like the audition for what we do in the shadows recently and we love that show a lot and there's a character named Nandor in that and he like speaks like this the entire time and he was really good at it so I was like immediately I was like you're doing this for me I don't care I'm canceling the guy I called you're taking me tell us on that one because so Shalini just recently had her 30th birthday party and it was a murder mystery it was the best birthday party that I've been to as an adult like that was so fun and the theme was what we do in the shadows but the movie edition but still her husband killed his role and I was like how is he not an actor like just by dating and then being married to Shalini for pretty much his whole life like he has now transitioned into a decent actor decent actor I was gonna say that's and I think the self-tapes are really high he's got like a full training the last year with me <laughs> like genuinely giving him notes to him like you need to like can you just pause there and give me a second to read and then yeah and then <laughs> this is really funny he's also terrible at reading so like he just like mm-hmm. will mess up the line he's like give me like 15 minutes to just go over the script and then I'll come help you the same thing yeah <laughs> too good but speaking of um relationships how has long distance so you've been working on little voice which was in new york and then this show which was in atlanta yeah so how has that been on your relationship and since you've been dating you've been in the same city living together in the same city yes so how has it been since then we did a a a period of long distance like weird long distance because he was a deloitte and he was consulting so he would be gone from Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, and then he'd come home Friday and then stay for the weekend and then go back. Like, so he'd be in like the Bay Area, he was in Oregon, he was in Omaha for a hot mm-hmm. second. <laughs> Sad. But um, <laughs> so that was like, that was our first taste of it. And I, at that time, I think it was really, really great that we were doing it because I think it was like right after graduating, like one year after graduating college. So it's like, I was exploring LA as an actor and I really wanted to feel that like sense of independence and individuality and 
when he was gone, it was like, I got to do that. I got to like make friends and like get close to friends, like, you know, do that thing where you don't have to go back home because you have someone waiting for you. So um, that was nice. I think that period, we, we actually really thrived off of that. And he was doing his own thing. It was tough still, obviously, because it's, um, it's long distance and the communication was still not the best. At that time, we're also really young. And I think that's a big part of what we're trying to fix right now is our communication styles are really kind of different trains. We fight, we're, we fight often. So we're, and the reason we fight is because the communication is wrong, not because we actually have problems. It's just that we listen to each other in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I'm, this is all my therapy coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why so I was like, so we were kind of used to understanding how that would feel, the long distance would feel, but it was very different when I booked Little Boys because I was years later and I was gone for four months. So he, I didn't see him for a stretch of four months. He'd come like, I think he came like four times just for like a weekend trip. That was, to be honest, very difficult. We were struggling a little bit at that time. It was, I was very, you know, it was my first, it was like a big job. I was, it was a lot of pressure. My head was only in this. And he, I think at points felt like at that point, everything that I was doing, even in career, he was like privy to it. Like he had seen it. He was, you know, visualizing it and like, being right there next to me, I would come home and tell him about my whole day, you know, but with this, I, you know, I didn't tell him everything all day long. Like I would tell him a week later about stuff and then I'd miss a bunch of details, obviously. And he's like, I feel like I'm missing things. And like, so I think there was a little bit of a, it was really hard for him to like not be there in that part of my life. So that was a little difficult. Plus again, like the communication stuff with separation just exacerbates. So we were having like arguments at that time because of that but we worked through it we kept fighting through like just knowing at the end goal was that we like loved each other and I think on my birthday he wrote me a really really lovely card that kind of encapsulated everything of like I know we're going through a really tough time but you know it's you know it's really nice it was good we we knew the direction we needed to head and that was actually the uh moment where we both were like you need therapy and I need therapy separately. And then we should do couples therapy eventually. So it was, and in a good way, it was like, we're not terrible yet, but, and that's sometimes a little too late. We we were coming to a point where like, it's time. I think we need, we need an outside perspective to point out our like blind spots. And so we can fix this and make this work because we want this really badly. So we got to make the effort. And I think that was like our, changing the point because of long distance it really like pushed us to thinking like it's time now so long distance was bad but also helpful in giving us that push to realize that we can't solve all our problems on our own so it was difficult to be honest it was very difficult long distance was hard but also staying in the same space with each other every day is also just as difficult (laughs) yeah I think we definitely need to normalize therapy now I think it is you know getting there like people are not talking about it especially in so the south asian community does it's it's terrible like but we it's like a taboo they don't talk about mental health because if you are going to a therapist something's wrong with you you're mentally ill that's a bad thing like you know it's very tabooed so i'm glad that first of all that you are part of dill to dill and that they're doing amazing things for the south asian community but then also that you too are doing therapy as well and it's just 
it's nice to see that, you know, and mm -hmm. I look up to you. You're someone that I want to be your career track is, you know, I want that too. And you're definitely an, a huge inspiration for why I even started in this career. And it is just like, I know you obviously, like, I love you so much and you are so human to me, but sometimes you're not, you're like, whoa, like, oh my God, she's like, you know, whatever. I don't like complimenting you. So <laughs> you're complimenting me. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren does that too. I give her like one compliment. She's like, what? And I'm like, nope, never again. We're <laughs> done for the year. <laughs> <laughs> next year, I'll, I'll compliment you next year. But it's just, it is, you know, a lot of people see people in this industry and it's such like a false image that yeah. is being, you know, shown because number one, social media doesn't show you the real thing. And then also too, when you're watching TV, those characters are not real life. No. So it's really real that you, you know, I mean, it sucks that we all have these issues, but it's really real that you're, it's nice that you're talking about it and you're self-aware enough to, you know, go get yourself the help that you need. Yeah. I think it's very important. I think it's also like, especially with relationships, it's like, oh man, everyone tries to pretend that everything's perfect and yeah. you know, peachy keen, especially like ones you've been for with for a really long time, but they all require a ton of um, internal work. And especially with, for us, we were like, again, we're children and then we're not. It's like navigating that and re reshaping roles in our life is in our relationship is I think very important. and. Yeah, I think, yeah, therapy and just, you know, self-awareness is a big, big, big part of it. So I agree. How did you know when it was time to get married? And why did you guys make that decision? Huh. So that time, you know, it was really funny because I think it was Chani's wedding. It was our cousin's wedding that we went to tw in 2016, mm -hmm. I want to say. And that was the first time I like, because we had been together now, I think at that point for six years or something something ridiculous five years or something and I was like we know we always thought about we knew we were gonna get married that was the thing we always always knew we were gonna get married I think like two and a half years in I was like yeah this is the one I'm good I'm good I don't really want to try anything else right now so there was always like that question mark of when and we were still feeling too young at that time and I was like I don't know it still feels a little weird to get married at 25 so Johnny's wedding when we went to her wedding it was just the first time we saw like celebration of love and this union of family and that was the first time I got really close to his family and people were seeing me for not just like a couple you know spurts of here and there and like a few people at a time it was like the entire extended family it's just you see it in a different light you see relationships in a different light and this was the first one of the first weddings I had been to in years and I, I don't know I, I it made me like it's it percolated thoughts for us we were just like ooh, interesting what a this be like for us so I think after that it was like we thought about it a little bit and then we we're like okay when do you want to get married and I asked I actually put it on him I was like when when do you want to get married and he was like I think like 28 27 28 so like okay so when would you want to get engaged You're like like a year before and then it was like coming up and I was like okay so when would that be and then he's like oh <laughs> I was like, oh shit and I was like okay and I, I like I wasn't in a rush I wasn't pushing so I was like genuinely like when do you want to do it because I'm I think we'd, we'll probably be on the same page and so then my mom's also been like was probably pestering me for like a couple of years at that point and she's asking me like when 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 and I, not like in a way to like do it now but just like curious have you thought about it 
So I was like, yeah, we're thinking about it. Probably not for another two years. Yeah, we're thinking about it. Probably not for another two years. And then the two years came in. And I think it was just, it just felt weirdly right. It just, everything was like settling in. His career was settling in. My work was starting to put like, you know, level up. And, you know, money wise, we were like, okay, it would be great to have more stability in that way. But I think we're getting there. By the time we get married, we'll be there. And it was, I was right. By the time we got married, it was, we were finally like pretty stable, but so financially that was one part of it Two, age was a part of it and then three was like can we get our families together and see how that works and that we were doing we started doing that a little bit more and it was just like these little it wasn't like one event it was like a series of events and again I think there was always this back of my head of like obviously I'm gonna marry this guy there's not gonna be like a aha moment or anything so yeah, it's kind of a boring story, but yeah, that's kind of what it was. We actually had a bet at my cousin Johnny's oh, yeah. wedding. We were like, oh, we all of our cousins, we like put a bet on when these guys would get engaged. I think I was the closest. I said August of, yeah. um, you guys got engaged October 2017, right? Yeah. So I think I said August 2017 and some other, I don't know what the other people said. But I was like, I was the closest for sure. <laughs> you were you were okay so I think it's time to get into the letter it's time dear damsels I'm an actor and model and I recently booked my first series regular job I'm so excited about it because I've been working at this career for 10 years and now I finally booked my dream role the problem is that the show films in New York and I live with my boyfriend in LA we've been dating for two years now and I'm nervous to tell him about moving to New York to film we haven't been apart since we've been dating I also feel like he doesn't understand this career as he works in finance and is so far removed from the industry. I really want to make this work and I'm scared that he's not going to want to be in a long distance relationship with me. Please help. Sincerely, the distressed damsel. Whoever wrote this trolling me? <laughs> it is <laughs> you. I know. I was like, did you guys just write this for me? Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was like, I remember it. <laughs> Well, because my boyfriend is in New York. I don't know. So we are still long distance. Oh my um, God. But it, it's like, we're very much together all the time because my family's in Philadelphia. So it's, it's oh, great. that bad. But it's so funny that this person writes this because oh. so when I was at USC, in my final semester there, I studied at BADA, the British American I Drama Academy. Really? I did it summer Oxford if program. You were BA or BFA? I was BA. You were BA. Okay, me too. Yeah. I love that. Ash <laughs> hates it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I remember I was so worried about telling him that I was going to go do that program because, you know, I was going to be away from like whatever it is, January to April, and felt bad like starting a relationship and then going off yeah. and doing that. And it's funny now because we do long distance LA to New York and I have no qualms about that and don't worry about it at all. But I think in that like two year stage, you're still a little bit insecure about the relationship. Like Absolutely. you're not totally confident that this is your person yet or like how it's going to go. And I think especially for women, because I think that there's more pressure on us to like find somebody and lock them down. Yeah. Um, that when you get to that point with somebody, it's a little bit scarier. Yeah. But I think that you have to prioritize yourself. And I think that as actors, it is so hard to book a series regular job. Um, that's a once in a lifetime. And if somebody doesn't respect that or want that for you, then 
I think that that's on them and that that's their problem. There's so many ways now to work from home and work remotely with the pandemic that it honestly isn't that much of a challenge to do anymore that I really think that you just have to go for it. And you said you booked your dream role, so live out your dream. I I definitely agree with that. I think, especially, she did she say she was in college or she's not in college anymore? She's out of college, right? Yeah, this is the time yeah. where you're doing your thing. Like this is your, you know, your your career, your 20s, I, I must, maybe 20s, if, if whatever it is, it doesn't matter what era you're in. But when, I don't know, for, I think we've always had this, at least from South Asian perspective, like there's always this pressure to be like, you know, you can quit at like work and then become a wife and do the thing but like it's not that anymore we're in fucking 2021 like do your career and it's just as important as the guy's career but like is he work are you stopping him working in finance absolutely not let let him do what he wants to do right mm-hmm. i also think there's a big part of this that it's just you know you just have to talk to him you have to mm-hmm. be honest with him and um and if he's not going to be honest with you and if he's not going to support this I don't know. Do you want to rethink that? <laughs> like two years is 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 early, but um, you just have to be honest with you, so you can get you can get that answer right off the bat. So you you'll have a cl- clarity of when you make the decision to go. Will you regret not taking the job, or you regret not doing the relationship? Mm-hmm. And there's no easy answer, but I think regretting taking a job is quite just as awful as regretting going for a relationship. So. It's something you have to definitely consider with the partner, not just on your own, especially if the relationship means a lot to you. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think time is just really important. And the fact that you've been working on this for 10 years now, like that is a significant amount of time. But then also two years with someone is also a significant amount of time. Like two years is kind of a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And it it depends on what's more important. Like, do you want to be with someone who doesn't really... support you in your career and what you want to do this is your dream job do you want to be with someone who you're going to even fear you know having this conversation with um because you you know you should be with someone who you automatically know this person is going to be like so happy for you and just support you and be like hell yeah go to new york i'll come visit you we'll we'll work it out and it's probably not going to be more than four months six months maximum you know like yeah you can't handle six months apart then I don't know if that's gonna, if that's, you know, if it's gonna work out in the long term. Yeah. When shit really gets hard and shit really hits a fan. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was, I was like reading this the other day. I was like, if this is gonna be the crux of like a big problem for you, then oof, there is shit that's gonna come for these. Or when you have children, or if you have children, or when you have like, like health is like there's so much like crap in yeah. the future that like I sit there and go I am so grateful that our only problem right now is communication issues <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank freaking god <laughs> so I think there is yeah I think you just have to be cognizant that this should not be a problem especially after two years and if this is the right person for you definitely shouldn't be a problem yeah I think that respect is really important also yeah. like I think that I knew Brian and I were going to have a serious relationship when he acknowledged how hard I work for my career. Like when he saw that I was doing self tapes, you know, late into the night or doing classes that went until 1am sometimes, but that, that was the work that was, yeah, exactly. Like that was what I was willing to be doing. Right. And I think when I was able to, he never belittled my career. 
Yes. And that was really important to me. It was never like, oh, she's doing this like silly acting thing. Like um, it was, it was a serious career. And I think that if you're going to stick this relationship out, they need to acknowledge that you are um, pursuing your dream career and it's a career. It's not a silly job. It's not a hobby. It's not an extracurricular activity anymore. We're not in theater camp. It's a yeah. job and yeah. you have to treat it like it's a job. Absolutely. Completely agree. Before we part, I do want to ask you if you have any tips or advice for actors in the industry who are maybe just starting out or even are, you know, well into this industry, you know, been at it for a couple of years. Yeah. The advice, like I always like, it's, it's always practical because I feel like that's the only advice I can give right now because everyone's journey is their own and everyone's emotional journey with this, this world is also their own. For young, for people who are just starting, I think the best thing to do is train, train as much mm-hmm. as you can, find the right studio for you, find multiple studios, test it out, um, take an acting class and see if this is right for you. Do you enjoy it? Or do you feel like you're making progress? Like there's, there's so, so much out there and like in this industry and in, in this, in LA at least, or in New York, everywhere that you can find the right teacher, like like anything you need to like learn, you need to grow and you need to have the right person to guide you with that. And I think that's the best advice I'll ever give to anyone. Like post, even if you've studied in college, train, train after, because that's not enough. You need 10,000 hours to become an expert at something, you know, like that's, (laughs) that's a lifetime. So I think that's the number one. Um, Two, I would say find a really good support system because you cannot survive this if you don't have people rooting for you if you don't have someone on your side you can maybe do it but you will crumble it will destroy your mental health it will destroy any semblance of who you are and what you find value and worth in yourself if you don't have the right people around you if you have the wrong people around you even even worse because most of this industry you're going to meet a lot of like nasty people but (laughs) you also meet a lot of great people but again keep those people close to you that's one and then for people who've been in this for a little bit I think you know I think that's again their own journey like it sucks it sucks to like feel like you're worth it in some ways and still not reaching a goal like some people don't receive their you know big credit until they're 50 or 40 so chip away make make your own material make your own work expand your your abilities not just as an actor try to find if you can do producing or writing or uh, directing or whatever it is in this space do theater do voiceover like really really you know throw some darts everywhere don't just like stick to one lane I mean you can if you want to but it's it's going to be a lot more difficult to put all your eggs in one basket I think right now that's what I'm definitely working on is just trying to expand that so I feel like I have my hand in different baskets or whatever it's called pots. So I can, I feel a little bit more fulfilled in my own work. And then also do this. If you really freaking love it. I think people forget that. Like, don't do it for the fame. Don't for, you can do it a little bit for the money, but not really. Like that's the very <laughs> far guarantee. But I really think if you don't love it, you're, it's just, there's no point doing it. Like, this is not like a, administration job that you could just you know like you're going to want to love this with all your heart do you want to do this if no one cares but can we have a little sneak peek about your short film it's really weird 
<laughs> I just, I was, this was the part of me that I was like, I really want to produce. I really want to just make my own stuff. And I want to, and now I have the freedom and flexibility and not feeling like I have to spend all my time doing auditions or like classes or anything. I, and I have a little bit of cash on hand and I was like, I'm going to make my own things and produce, self-produce them. And so I found um, one of my um, friends who's a cinematographer and a director and a writer and all that. He worked on, we worked on a short film a few years ago and I just love the way he works. This is the guy I was talking about. And he's just great. Sean Cruiser, if you ever look him up, he's fantastic. And he does a lot of these messed up horror, like avant-garde, mm -hmm. psychological thriller type films. And um, I just called him up and I was like, I want to work on something. I want to produce it. I just want to make material. And he's like, I'm so glad you called. So I'm going to send you stuff. So he just sent me a couple scripts and I was like, this is great. I'll, yeah, let's do this. And then he's like, you can pick what part you want. I think you'd be great for the lead. And I was like, great, I'll just do that then. And so we, we like read the script and then started putting it together. And he had like, you know, he's very in this industry already, like for the last like 10 years, 11 years more than that I think so he had a bunch of stuff lined up already he knew a couple actors I knew a few actors brought it together and then within a couple months we had like set up the location everything and it's it's this like dark humor avant-garde movie about post-covid so it's house about anxiety about depression it has a commentary on all that and how we socialize differently now post-covid and we may like um, over-exaggerate or over-analyze situations and it's kind of the the lead character's perspective of just having out-of-body experiences throughout the short film so it's kind of messed up and weird it's like a slight horror Ashley's like I don't no, know that's <laughs> really cool I want to watch it <laughs> do you think you're gonna go like the festival circuit yeah route? absolutely yeah he's gonna that's what he wants to do he's pushing it I think it, it like his his idea is just like let's just make the movie and then we put it in the festivals but we're not gonna put we don't try not to put all our eggs in that basket because it's just it's the festival route is always a question mark especially yeah, post covid yeah. it's just you just don't know what's going to happen he's shot wonderfully um kim Cohen is our dp and the lighting they did a fantastic job with it i just saw some stills and i was like it looks really freaking good so it, it there it, there's a world and a niche market for that so i mean the festival circuit's huge it's like there's so many different it's just fun to do it and put a little bit of money into that and see if people can um, receive it well. But really, it was just like, we want to make something together. And so we're going to make more stuff together. So we'll keep you posted. Amazing. Building your own boat. I love it. Yes. Yeah. I'll love take it. all of you on with me. Take <laughs> me on. <laughs> Grab our Jump paddle. into that boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some lifeboats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, Shalini, it was a pleasure having you on here. Thank you Thanks so much for delight. taking Thank time you. and just talking to us. Like two actors that, you know, always love talking to other people in this industry and just getting their experiences too. And it, it really has been really helpful talking to you. No, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope I didn't prattle on too much, but I know really, really yeah. great to have you guys. I mean, be here. <laughs> have you guys. Thank, you, my... thank you guys for, <laughs> thanks for having us oh, on your podcast. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Shalini, where can the audience find you on Instagram and your website um, and any other socials? It's, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's Shalini underscore Bethina. And for uh, my uh, my website is shalinibathina.com. 
Amazing. Yeah, check it out. Well, this has been another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.